Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Monday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. I barely got out of the way. <laughs> you gotta be on your toes. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Excellent. You know the nice thing about the weekend? What? It's three days worth of news. It is, yeah. We usually have quite enough to cover our time. Yes. Do we today? We. I hope so. All right. Our, our big story is uh, Maleficent. Mistress of Evil, which we saw this weekend. Yeah, I guess that's why it's a big story for us anyway. Yeah, uh, finished atop the, the U.S. box office. However, it did fall below the analyst expectations. Um, the movie made $36 million domestically across about 3,700 screens, um, which is 48% below the original's 2014 first week, which was $69.4 million. Um, luckily... Overseas business accounted for $117 million. The movie cost about $185 million to make. So with marketing and everything, they estimate it needs to make about $400 million to break even. I'm surprised that it didn't do better. I mean, that would be... It's, pe- it's whether people thought that it would be good. So maybe they're basing that on the previous movie. Did people not love the previous one? I mean, it well, did well. The, the funny thing is audiences are giving it a very good score on exit polls. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, It's not doing good, good on Rotten Tomatoes, but on CinemaScore, they're rating it as an A. So Rotten Tomatoes has it at like, like 45%. Which really? Is, yeah. I really liked it. Um, I don't know if I liked it as much as the first one. I think the first one has that sort of surprise element that you don't really know where they're going to go with it and you don't really know how it's going to, you know, how her character is going to be. And it it was just such a nice, um, I don't know if surprise is really the right word, but just sort of an uncovering of how that character was going to be. Right. And, you know, who, who would know? Like, based on the, the cartoon story, she really doesn't have very much personality. So in the first right. one, it was very cool to, like, watch that emerge. The second one, you already know that, but you got to see a whole other side of her. Um, you did. And, and I think with the first one, it was, you know, there's a big thing now for the anti-hero. Right. You know, you're you're kind of evil, you're kind of bad, but you're the hero of the story because ultimately you have a good heart. And that's what it was, is it just presented us that story from a different viewpoint. Every story has, you know, if there's two people involved, you have your version, I have my version, and then somewhere there's the truth. Absolutely, yes. So this, you know, the first Maleficent just gave it a different spin. This time you can't give it a different spin, so you've got to add a new component and new components to the story that really don't have anything to do with aurora or sleeping beauty or anything in the first story but it was a continuation it was yeah um personally i liked it um you know i i don't know why there's a negative you know if there is some type of negative connotation to this movie i don't know i mean angelina jolie is kind of a a polarizing actress I, i i don't like her but i really like her in this role right you know i don't particularly like her as a person but not that I Do you know, know her. her as a not person? Not that I know her Have as a person. Have you had tea with her? But um, I don't I don't particularly like I don't know, how she's portrayed, portrayed in the right. news. Um, but I, I like her as an actress in this role. There are other roles I think that maybe I, I'm not as fond of her in. But this she's great at this. And, you know, my true test of a movie is just, you know, am I at some point in the movie, do I ever like look at my watch to see like how far along are we? Like how much time is left? Right. 
I didn't do that at all during the movie. You know, it held my interest the entire time. And to me, that's a good movie. I think the true gauge of your level of appreciation for a movie is, will I be angry when Tony buys the Blu-ray? Yeah, that's true too. And yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be angry about owning this one. So Now, when I tell you The Lion King's being released on Tuesday, you're going to go, No, I don't want that. No, I don't want it. Exactly. Yeah, and he's going to buy it anyway. All right, well, the good news news is if you enjoyed Maleficent, um, there are plenty of Maleficent treats around the parks on both coasts these days uh, to celebrate, and they are available through October 31st. Would you like to talk about some of them? I would. I love to talk about treats. I know you do. Um, So the Maleficent treats in Disneyland, they have... um, they have their, I don't know, their candy apples at Marceline's Confectionery at the Downtown Disney District. Also at Trolley Treats and Bing Bong Sweet Stuff at Disney's California Adventure Park. And Candy Palace and Honey Spot at Disneyland Park. They are decorated with colored chocolate and purple sugar. They're dipped in caramel and chocolate before being topped with two crispy treat horns. Which is funny because if you watch the video, Disney actually put out a video on how these are made. They dip the apple in caramel, or caramel, as some people like to say, and then they stick these Rice Krispie horns on it, <laughs> and then they dip the whole thing in chocolate. So Disney's description is wrong. Um, yeah. Okay, then. And I will post a link to the video on, on our page, because it's pretty cool to see how these treats are made. That's like my dream job at Disney World. Yeah. Making the, camel, the caramel apples. I thought you and I were going to drive parking lot trams together. No, that's you. I don't want to have to wear the poncho in the rain. No. I just want to... Oh, right, because I'm going to be in the cab driving. Yeah, I know. I'm hanging on the back. Right. All right. There's also a Maleficent Crispy Treat at all of those candy shops listed. Um, and the Churro Cart near Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters is carrying a Maleficent Churro. It's a churro with cookie crumbles and colored sugar, and you can order a side of marshmallow dipping sauce. Yeah, okay. It's a churro. Big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's really the candy apple that's the the... Piece de resistance. Oh, that's French. Um, over at Disney World, they have a Maleficent cupcake at the Intermission Food Court at Disney's All-Star Music Resort. It's a chocolate cupcake filled with crispy pearls and topped with vanilla citrus buttercream, chocolate horns, and green glitter. Oh, but that's not enough. No, there's more. No. Oh, there's a second Maleficent cupcake. That's right. Um, that one is available at the Artist Palette at Disney Saratoga Springs, um, at Goods Food to Go at Old Key West, and that is a chocolate cupcake featuring salted caramel ganache buttercream chocolate horn- horns and rainbow glitter. That's a little more frou-frou. I mean, I'll eat any of them. Right. And then over at the Ganacherie at Disney Springs, I mean, pretty much anything that comes out of there is going to be good. Um, they have a dark chocolate pinata full of evil what's evil? Full of evil. Van- full of evil vanilla bean marshmallows and crispy pearls. Yeah. Okay. And it's pretty cool. It's a chocolate, essentially a chocolate dome that you have to crack open. But it has the horns on it, so right. it looks like one of the caramel apples, basically. Right. But I guess it's just an orb that you. Crack open, and then there's some things inside. Yep. Um, those are available through October 31st at both Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney uh, and Disneyland Resort. Excellent. So new this year. Speaking of uh, December 30, December 31st, October 31st, which is Halloween. Uh, Typhoon Lagoon is getting in on the Halloween spirit this year. I am loving this. And there are a number of ways that you can celebrate Halloween at Typhoon Lagoon. 
The first one is they are going to have guests of all ages trick-or-treating. There will be three candy stops uh, at the front entrance at Singapore Sal's and at Safe Harbor. They will also feature a Halloween-inspired Dole Whip, which will only be available for one day at Happy Landings Ice Cream. Uh, the ice cream cone features orange Dole Whip soft serve, a sandwich cookie waffle cone, uh, Halloween sprinkles, and a white chocolate surfboard. Um, Donald Duck and Mickey will be doing photo opportunities in their pirate Halloween costumes uh, near the clock tower. Of course, there's going to be a DJ dance party at the clock tower. Of course. Uh, they will also be doing Halloween crafts where you can decorate your own mini pumpkins. Uh, they will have a pumpkin carving... Uh, display at Singapore Sal's. You can even vote on your favorite. And then in addition to these exclusive Halloween options, there are also fall-inspired menu items, including pumpkin milkshakes, pumpkin cream churros, and pumpkin sundaes. Um, the food items will be available through November 23rd, but the other six items are exclusive to Halloween only. This is super cool. If we were down there for Halloween, I would want to do this. Why? It's free. Well, you have to pay to get into the water park. Yeah, but I pay to get into Disney Disney World, into the Magic Kingdom, and I still have to pay for a Halloween party ticket if I want to trick-or-treat. But you can't go in costume because you're in a water park. I can wear a costume in my water park gear. Okay. I can wear a fun hat or... I don't know. I just think it's so fun. It's just like an extra thing. This is the Disney stuff that I like. It's an extra thing that they're adding, you know, just to make guest experience nicer. And, you know, they're not trying to charge you extra... I love it. Um, I wish I was going to get to go. I am a little concerned if anyone's going to this, I would recommend getting there early because this is the kind of thing where the decorating of your very own mini pumpkin, I feel like the mini pumpkins are going to run out. Right. Although like, they may be charging you for them. It's po- I mean, it doesn't say, but... It doesn't um, say it's free. It doesn't say it's charged. It's it possible. It's available. Either way. I mean, especially if they're free, they're right. going to run out. Do yep. that first. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, some more Ultimate Disney Christmas packages are now available to celebrate the holidays at Walt Disney World. There was a lot of popularity with this promotion. So Disney has increased the number of 2019 Ultimate Disney Christmas packages available and extended the booking window for the special offer. Um, let's see. It includes a five-night stay at a select Disney resort hotel from December 21st to 26th. It includes four-day theme park tickets with Park Hopper, and then it includes some exclusive holiday experiences, which are... Do you want to go through those? Sure. See, this is what I think is the fun part, is you've purchased this package, and you get these special uh, perks. Uh, On Saturday, December 21st, you have uh, nighttime access to experience Avatar Flight of Passage, the Navi River Journey, and Expedition Everest at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And you get an exclusive showing of Rivers of Light We Are are One. On the 22nd, you get tickets to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Um, On the 23rd or the 24th, you get to pick one of those nights. You get access to a reserved viewing area to watch Epcot Forever. Plus, each guest will get a digital $50 Epcot theme park uh, dining card for use at uh, participating locations in the park. And then on the 25th, which is Christmas Day, you get an ultimate Disney Christmas gift delivered to your resort hotel room, which I think is pretty cool. So this uh, booking window has been extended through November 23rd. So if that sounds like it might be of interest to you, 
Uh, I find it funny that they're trying to draw people in for the 21st through 25th when we already know that that's one of their busiest times of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Booking must be below what it usually is at this point. Mm -hmm. What I think is interesting is how they're setting these things for certain days. I think they're trying to drive traffic in a very specific pattern. You know, so these, the way they have these laid out, you know, they have you in certain parks on certain days. You know, they've got you in the Animal Kingdom on the 21st. They've got you in the Magic Kingdom on the 22nd. They have you in Epcot on the 23rd. I mean, the gift card that they give you, you know, is only good in Epcot. And well, it doesn't say what day, doesn't say if you have to use it on that day. But, you know, you get the access to you know, watch the show Epcot Forever, you know, only on the 23rd or 24th. So they're clearly trying to uh, spread out their their people. They have a certain place that they want you to be. What I'm wondering is how many of these packages were there? If you've got this whole group of people all in the same parks on the same day, plus a ton of other people who are choosing what park they want to be in. Like, I don't know. Like, especially the Christmas party. Is the December 22nd Christmas party not going to be completely overrun? Right. I don't know. Like, you'd think it would sell pretty well anyway. Right. And then add on top of that all these people who got free tickets to it? Uh-huh. Good question. Good question. Who knows? But uh, the booking window is now extended through November 23rd. Uh, so if you happen to know any good travel agents, do you know a good travel agent? I do. His name is Tony, and he's wonderful. Uh, I hear he's incredibly good looking. <laughs> well, he's good at booking Disney trips. I heard you might be sleeping with him. But I'm not what? Sure. What? All right. Um, Sad news for me. Tony does not think it's sad. But the film strip entrance to Disney Studios is being demolished. It's that entrance bridge area. Um, We do not go in that way anymore. I guess no one does. No. Uh, It's been closed off for some time. But we used to go in that way all the time. And I'm just sad that it's not going to be there anymore. Eh. You're not sad. It's an entrance. For the longest time, we used to go in that little entrance on the backside of the Epcot Resort area across from um, what used to be the old Hess Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what, uh, what is it now? It's a, uh, what's the race car themed one? Racetrack? Racetrack. It's Racetrack yeah. Gas Station. Um, we've always gone in that entrance. We never really went in the main entrance, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah, it's cool when you're driving down the highway, you would see the film strip pieces and the Kind of art deco. Yes, that's entryway. what I like. Is that art deco green entryway? Right, and so that will. But be that's fun. it's still the same entryway style that you see at the front of the park, so yeah, you yeah. still get to see it. All right. All right. In other sad news, if you are going to the Magic Kingdom on the twenty second, which is uh, Tuesday, um, Disney on the eighteenth announced that the park will be closing early for a private event. Uh, the park will close to all guests at 6 p.m. Tomorrowland will close at 5.30. And then there will be a private event from 7 to 11. I, I think that four days notice. I have a lot of questions about this. And right? we have none of the answers. So it's kind of a problem. But what I want to know is, what was the original scheduled closing time? I don't know. I mean, if it was 11 o'clock, you can't four days beforehand just tell people, no, actually, we're going to be closed. And no matter what time it was. People have dining reservations. Right. What are you doing about that? What if that was the only night I got Cinderella's Royal Table? I don't know. What are you doing? Talk to talk to Disney. I need to know. Yeah. So we're going to follow up with this story. We'll have more information for you tomorrow. Not that it matters, but this is just, I have questions. Yes. And if you didn't know, uh, occasionally groups will rent out parks uh, in the evening for special events. I know our Pop Warner our girls are involved in Pop Warner, so every year when Pop Warner goes down, one of the parks they rent for a Pop Warner party 
past couple of years, I believe it's been Animal Kingdom. Um, I used to work for a medical device manufacturer. They've been known to rent out Universal and or one of the Disney parks for a few hours. And usually when these companies do this, it's not the entire park. It's, you know, a certain section. It might be six rides, five rides. It might be Fantasyland um, or certain areas. So it's not out of the ordinary that this park is being rented. I just find it to be very short notice. Yeah, it's ridiculous how short notice it is. So um, while Cheryl's all up in arms over that, I think she's actually furiously typing away on some type of tablet or mobile device. I'm trying to see what time it was supposed to. I want to know what time it was supposed to close. Suddenly she's playing investigative reporter. I mean, I'll find it out. I don't know if I'll find it out for this show, but I'll find it out. Go ahead, Oh, you can talk about like everything that's coming up. I have plenty of time. Tony's got all kinds of stories I don't care about. So if you're listening to this on Monday, the 21st, which is when the show's being released, then you will you might be happy to know that the final Star Wars Episode Nine trailer is being released during Monday Night Football, uh, which airs on ESPN. Uh, so this is the final part uh, of the Star of the Skywalker Saga, uh, which is coming to theaters on December twentieth, and tickets will go on sale following the release of the trailer. So uh, last time something like this happened, I believe the internet crashed. Um, you know, I, I think people are a little cool on Star Wars, though. I don't know that we will get the same type of reaction. But uh, I know where I'll be around halftime of tomorrow night's game. And that's in front of my TV watching the trailer and then posting it immediately. All right, you call me over when it's coming on. I will. Um, in Disney Plus news, um, so they've approved a season two for High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> I just like to say that. Which is a great name. So I found out a little bit more about this, and I had been told that it was a show about kids putting on the High School Musical play. Actually, what it is, is it's a mockumentary following students of a fictional high school called East High School, where the original High School Musical films were supposedly filmed. When the students realize that the school has never staged High School Musical the musical, they work together to rectify the situation, drama and hilarity ensue. So... It's a mockumentary, kind of, like, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be in the style of maybe The Office, you know, which is a mockumentary. Um, so, but it's been approved for a second season, so somebody at Disney Plus likes it. Um, there was also some news over this weekend about some documentaries and nonfiction shows which are going to uh, come to Disney Plus. One of those is named Howard, and that is the story of lyricist Howard Ashman. Uh, that's going to come in 2020. Uh, Ashman, along with composer, composer Alan Menken, was responsible for the music and modern-day classics like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. And this is going to be an insight in his life and career. There's going to be a series called People and Places, which will focus on real-life stories of extraordinary people and places around the world, um, all told by a mix of new and established filmmakers. There's going to be a documentary on Mickey Mouse. Uh, It's yet untitled, but it will uh, center on Mickey Mouse and his role as a cultural icon over the past uh, 80-some-odd years. And lastly, um, a a series named Wolfgang, which is going to uh, take a look at the life and work of celebrity chef Wolfgang Puck. All right. Which might be interesting. Yeah, I mean, they all sound like they could be interesting. Since he has a few locations at uh, Disney Springs. So looking at these, uh, looking at this Magic Kingdom closing early on the 22nd thing, um, the times for that week are either 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. So I'm guessing that it was originally supposed to close at 9. And I'm going to have to look on some like message boards and stuff and see what people are saying about reservations that they would have had 
on that day and what they're doing about it. All so, right. I don't know. Um, there is some new Oktoberfest merchandise in Epcot's Germany Pavilion. Um, let's see, what do we have? In the Germany Pavilion, new merchandise celebrating Germany and the Oktoberfest holiday. They have an alpine hat headband. Which is actually pretty cute. Is it like ears? No, it's a lady's headband that has a little hat on it with a pretzel on the side and a little German colors. Oh, cute. Um, a jumbo pretzel handbag, which every woman would want. I want one. A Minnie Mouse-inspired drindle dress. Which I think we talked about before. We have, and I decided I don't want one. And an Oktoberfest-themed, oh, just multiple Oktoberfest-themed drinkware and apparel. Right. All right. All right. Over in the Animal Kingdom, uh, now that the latest musical show, Dance Party, has moved on, uh, which Timon and Rafiki were a part of, uh, they have moved their photo op to Discovery Island's Character Landing. So they'll be meeting guests there and posing for photo ops. Okay, speaking of photo ops, um, my sister and my brother-in-law just got back from Disney World, and they purchased the photo pass. So we were asking them a little bit about the, what did they call them? Like photo pass in a box, the cameras in a box. Right, automated Um, photo pass. Yes, the automated photo pass. And they didn't see any of them. So they went to a lot of uh, photo pass stations and had their picture taken with multiple characters, a lot of princesses. And they had actual photo pass photographers there. So it seems like that got pretty well squashed. Mm-hmm. It's, so it seems to be a non-issue for anyone who maybe was worried about that. Excellent. So in my little break while Cheryl was talking, I actually managed to go and find out what was going on. And apparently going it on is what? on the, the the closure of the Magic Kingdom. It is the Gartner oh. Symposium IT Conference. So here's here's what I want to know. How many days notice did they give us? Uh, they, it was announced Four? on the Four 18th. Days? Yeah. yeah. So some idiot has had this in their calendar for like six months. And then the date was getting closer and it's like, oh, crap. We actually we actually have to close the park early this day. I totally forgot that this group had their symposium booked. You, you need to watch your language. Children listen to this show. What did I say? You said, oh, crap. Oh, that doesn't sound that bad. No, fiddlesticks is a lot better. <laughs> All right. All right. Fiddlesticks. Um, And our final story today, since we are now talking about Christmas, you know, because it's Mm. mid-October, there will be two exclusive popcorn buckets. These have definitely been uh, approved for Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland. Rumor has it that they will also be coming to Walt Disney World. The first one is Flannel Little Green Men. Uh, which will be the three-eyed aliens from the claw machine dressed in flannel pizza planet jammies. They're pretty uh, adorable. Uh, The popcorn actually goes in his mouth, so you pull the popcorn out of their mouth. Uh, The second one, I'm a little iffy on. It's a Christmas tree. Uh, It's got light-up components, the star-up-top lights, and I think some of the lights light. And Mickey is holding a present near the tree. Um... The upper part of the tree where the hinge is looks like there's a battery piece in there to keep the lights up. So the lower part where you put the popcorn is very small. So I think if you're buying this, you're not getting a good volume of popcorn. Yeah, it has nothing to do with your popcorn. I mean, you're not getting your popcorn in there. It's cute-ish. I mean, the the character, the Mickey Mouse character on it is short. So it, that's it's not the main focus. So the main focus is the tree. And then the Mickey Mouse only comes up maybe a third of the way way up the tree. So he's small down in the corner. And it's probably the top third, 
half of the tree that folds off, um, which contains like the battery pack part. So it's kind of a weird setup for a popcorn bucket. Yeah. Like if it didn't have a strap and it wasn't a popcorn bucket and it was just like a plastic like a light up thing that went on your table, it might be cute. Uh, but it's odd for a popcorn bucket. The alien, though, very cute. Um, it, reading the description, I thought it was maybe, maybe because I saw the number three, it, you know, three-eyed. Um, I thought it was like three of them together. It's a oh. single alien, um, and he's, you know, he's cute. And the popcorn is, well, it comes out of his mouth, which is a little odd. I wonder if his head swings up so I can get my popcorn more easily. Maybe his jaw hinges. I don't know. But um, he's pretty cute in his pajamas. All right, so that's pretty much our last story. That's it. We've just learned that Cheryl likes three-eyed aliens. <laughs> uh, as always, uh, click on our Facebook group. Feel free to join us. Leave us a review on iTunes under Two Dudes Talking Disney. Yes, and uh, you know, come find us over on Facebook and join us and hang out with us. We just had a new member who I want to give a shout-out to because I'm just so excited that you know anyone is bothering to come and, and hang out with us. Let's see. I just have to find your name because I was so excited. Oh, here we go. Jennifer Worthington, thank you for joining our group. Welcome, Jennifer. So until tomorrow, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast.